0: Welcome, everyone, back to the Rebound podcast. I'm Dr. Tim Miller, and today I'm so excited to have Jordan Ernie with us. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, but I also want you to talk a little bit about your latest stint on the Today Show.
1: As Dr. Miller said, my name is Jordan Ernie. I am a first semester graduate student at JMU. graduated in December 2021 with my bachelor's in history and now I'm working on my master's in teaching become a middle school or high school social studies teacher. And as he said, I made a cameo on the Today Show. If you know Dr. Miller, you know he likes Renee Brown, as do I. Uh, I will not say like, we are quite obsessed with her. She is just a wonderful human. So when I found out she was going to be on the Today Show and they were looking for people to submit questions, I just was like, didn't think anything of it. Went on with my life and then got an email a week later from a producer asking if he could call me because they loved my question and wanted it to air on national television and wanted to give me directions on how it would air on TV. I
0: Love it. And what we may do is when we post your podcast, maybe we'll put a link to see if we can find a link to that that we can share. So Jordan, let's go a little deeper into your story. Uh, I know you're a transfer student. I know you've been here and during a pandemic. So I wanted to first, let's start there. Like talk to us about sort of your journey at JMU, what are the highlights, the challenges, all that. Let's let's start big, and then we'll dive into some of the different pieces from there.
1: Yeah, so I am a transfer student. I transferred from John Tyler Community College. It will soon be, soon be renamed to Bright Point Community College, and I transferred in the fall of 2019. So when you really think about it, I only had one normal semester at JMU so far in my trajectory here at JMU, which is kind of mind-blowing. And to be quite honest, my first semester, I spent more time isolating myself than I think any of us have had to do during COVID. Uh, That was partly due to just not really finding my people right away, not feeling like I fit in. I mistakenly overdid it at orientation and signed up for four history classes thinking, oh, I'm going to need to take these at some point, so I might as well take them now. Not listening to my advisor at all by telling me, Well, why don't you try to do something else? And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like they're all in the same building. It's fine. And you would think that it would hit me that that would be a lot when I left the bookstore with 14 books, not textbooks, but actual like book books that you read. No, it didn't hit me until the night before classes and all my professors are posting their syllabus. And I very quickly realized, Oh, I'm going to be writing like five. 10, 15 page papers during finals week and no, no normal human being in undergrad, even in grad school can do that while also try to be a functioning human being at the same time. So called my parent, parents in a panic of just like, I don't think I'm meant to be a history major. I don't think I'm meant to be a future teacher when that's really all I've ever wanted to do with my life. And my mom was just like, well, even though you're done with general education classes, why don't you see if there's any ESCOM classes, see if there's any sociology classes? And sure enough, there was one spot left in Sociology 110, which was Sociology of a Global Context, and ESCOM 248, which was Intercultural Communications. So I dropped two history classes and took those. Um, But it really wasn't until kind of, Uh, utilizing resources that JMU had, such as the counseling center, the career center. It really kind of confirmed for me that, okay, I do belong here. This is where I'm meant to be, but it was so hard. I didn't have the healthiest of living situations, so that made it really hard. So I'd, you know, go, I'd leave my apartment, be like, okay, I'm free. I'm out of this apartment. But then when I'd be done with class, trying to make friends, trying to get involved, but not really finding people that I just fully clicked with. I would come back to the toxic environment and just kind of lock myself away and just really kind of spiral into an anxiety part of my life that I really kind of had never really experienced. I've always struggled with anxiety, but that was a whole nother level of struggling with anxiety while also living away from home and acclimating to a new environment altogether.
0: So, can you talk about lessons learned through all that? Or, you know, and at the end, I'm gonna ask you for advice for people. come after you but I want to sort of insert that here because I think I heard a lot of lessons learned in there but can you share maybe some lessons learned about that sort of those numerous experiences that you just described
1: yeah I think one of the main things was just trying to lean not just on other people because I've always been aware that I have a great support system but also learning to lean on myself which was a huge learning challenge for me because I particularly have never been one to like being alone. I've always been like, oh, well, I want to be around other people because that is what will help me. And I remember there being one particular day where it was just, it was just really hard. I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I just felt every possible negative emotion that you could feel. And I remember I was facetiming with my mom, and she looks at me from her phone to my phone, and was just like, "I'm going to stop you right there, because." you're being really mean to somebody that I care about. And I kind of was like, well, I was like, what, who are you talking about? She's like, you. And it, and I just broke down crying and it just kind of hit me. I was like, how I treat myself has not only an impact obviously on myself, but it also has an impact on others. And it just really kind of made me realize like, Oh, how I treat me is such an important component in this because while yes, you know, I'm going like I'm going to class. It wasn't affecting my academic standpoint, but it was all but it was affecting my mental state. And I think just because it wasn't affecting me academically and grade wise, and taking care of myself by getting meals and things like that, it was still affecting me mentally. And so having my mom kind of tell me that really get, just made me realize like, oh, that's not okay. And and then I went to the career center. Because I, as a result, I was just doubting every kind of part of me. And I was fortunate enough that they paired me with Colleen Waller, who just really not only confirmed that I do belong at JMU, but she just reignited why I'm a transfer student, my pride in being a transfer student, and encouraged me to introduce myself to my professors, tell them my story, which really helped. And so I feel like that also really helped me to feel more, to gain that confidence more because... It was something that I had been proud of for a very long time. But when coming to JMU, because I hadn't really met so many people who wanted to talk about their transfer journey, it kind of sheltered me to talk about it as well.
0: So then can we lean into the pandemic experience a little bit? Uh, I know that's a theme for you. Can you just talk about, you know, again, your, your sort of like one quote unquote normal semester and which one you think that is? That would be interesting to know too.
1: Uh, yeah, fall <laughs> of 2019, I think is the most, Normal, but I think spring 2020, even though it was cut short because of COVID, that was where I was really starting to find my people. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in a class where I was where the only people that were in it were future social studies and history teachers. And it was really great because there were only like 14 or 15 of us, and 11 out of the 15 of us were transfer students. So it was like, oh, we get each other. Like we understand what everybody's going through because we've we all started somewhere else and it was just really cool because it was the first introduction for me of actually meeting people that I would later on be on this trajectory for a very long time and have classes with for the rest of my time while at JMU. And so, and while it was, you know, kind of crazy that I got cut short, I'm also, you know, it was a blessing in disguise because I was able to get out of a toxic living situation sooner than expected I was able to spend time with my family that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to get. But I also felt like I was able to learn more on how to advocate for myself in a non-traditional environment by talking with professors on Zoom. You know, I thankfully was used to how online classes work Um, by taking classes at my community college. I've kind of seen the the involvement of how online classes have worked. I've seen where I'm lucky if I get an email back from a professor, all the way from oh, I actually get to see what my professor looks like on Zoom.
0: Jordan, at some level, I, I want to sort of do an aside here that I think it's, uh, from my perspective, kind of extraordinary what you've been able to accomplish despite sort of what I would say have been some pretty significant hurdles. And I, I kind of just want to say that out loud for people to hear that on the, on the podcast and, and maybe family if they listen to. So I, I just think that there's there's a lot of really amazing things that you've been able to accomplish. And and I appreciate that you have done so well here at JMU, despite some of those challenges. And I, I guess I want to turn that into a question of, you know, what do you attribute that to? Like, what does, like, obviously it was challenging. It was hard. um, But what do you attribute to the fact that you were able to still push through and be successful despite sort of the, all the history classes and the pandemic and, Transferring in and then, you know, things, you know, before you even made your connections, things sort of went a little wonky with the pandemic and then roommate issues. Like, what do you attribute that to and when what would you tell other people about how to push through those types of situations?
1: Find just one person. Finding just one person that can see you for all of you and be there for all of that. Um, whether that be through a text, through a FaceTime call, in person, whatever. I think for me that there was lots of many people that were like that for me during my time and still are. And I think also finding what was my why I have always kept in the back of my mind, even when I was struggling in school, my why is my future students. And same thing when I was kind of going through that, trying to find a why. And I remember having one session at the counseling center and being just really, really hard on myself that particular day and not feeling like I was getting anywhere. I was like, I just feel stagnant. Even though I was making progress, I was making fine grades and things like that. And I remember my counselor just looking at me being like, how'd you get here today? And I was like, I took the bus. And she's like, how are you getting home? I was like, taking the bus. And she was like, okay, you found a way to get here and you're finding a way to get home. And to celebrate those small wins that Are very oftentimes overlooked because it's just part of our daily routine. It's part of our habit. It's habitual. And I think it just allowed me to just celebrate those little moments, even if it's a habitual thing, and finding those things that just keep me going. Even if the only thing that has been little or good that I made my bed in the morning, I'll take it. Because at the end of the day, you have to find something to keep you going, whether that be a person or just some sort of moment, whether that be I showed up for all my classes today. And that's a win. Because in college, it's kind of, I think people can relate. It's hard sometimes when you're having a rough day or a rough moment to want to actually show up and be present when you don't feel like you can be present for yourself.
0: So I love the sort of line of what your mom told you about being really mean to someone I love and care about. Can you just talk a little bit more about that and give sort of that background a little more?
1: Yeah, honestly, like, I don't even remember, like, all of what I was saying. I just, I I can only imagine that because I can just thinking about where I was at that point in my life. It was a part of my life where I don't recognize that person, not because it's, you know, something I don't wish to relive. I think it was just because I didn't know what I was fully capable of just yet. And I think I can only imagine the things I was saying. And so for my mom to just, you know, I'm just rambling and rambling, keep going and going. And for her to stop me and be like, you're being really mean to somebody I love and care about. And I, I, and and you would have thought that like, I was going to like, I'm not talking about anybody else, but myself. I didn't think she was referring to me. I was like, what the heck is she talking about? Like, I'm not, you know, talking bad about anybody. I'm just talking about myself and what I'm going through. And then when she said it was me, It was kind of like those light bulb moments that people talk about. And I'm like, oh, wow. I never would have thought that that would have an impact on somebody else, let alone my own mother, who I adore and love with my entire being. But also knowing that I go to her for literally any and everything, I can't imagine that it had an impact on her. And I think for me, it's like, I of course don't want it to have an impact on her. Let alone, do I want it to have an impact on me? So really have me kind of have that realization of like, I need to reframe how I talk to myself, not just when I'm with other people, but when I'm alone, because when we're by ourselves, I think that's when we can do the most mental damage to ourselves is when we're, cause we're the most critical of ourselves. It happens. That's just how life is.
0: So Jordan, there's so many nuggets and I don't want to lose them. So I'm trying to go back through and hear all these, um, You know, you talked a lot about sort of being alone, but then not really being alone. I want to hear you talk a little bit about who's been there for you. I know you reference Colleen Waller and the Career Center as someone. So can we talk about the sort of feeling alone versus not really being alone versus who are the people that were there for you? You sort of referenced, you know, all these people in your life, but can we go down that road a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was kind of coming to terms with, well, yes you know, there might be times where I'm by myself, but that doesn't equate to being alone. And I remember, you know, my mom at one point even saying, she was like, hang out with yourself. You're one of my favorite people to hang out with. I want you to hang out with you, get to know who you are by yourself. And it was like, oh, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, that feels strange. That feels weird. And I live right behind Purcell park. And I just remember one day being like, okay, I, all my roommates are doing homework right now. I can't, you know, I shouldn't go and ask them if they want to take a walk. I should do what my mom says, hang out with me. So I grabbed my key, grab my water bottle, grab my phone. It was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I'm going to walk one minute at a time. And if I feel uncomfortable, I can just turn around and walk home and learning to be okay with just me time which is a very was if you asked me a year and a half two years ago about that that would have been a very foreign concept to Jordan that would have been very strange but now I've learned that that is something that I value and I treasure very much because I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in the motions of school grad school roommates, wife just everything and so to just have moments where I can just decompress, listen to the birds chirp, watch a TV show if I want to, or just close my eyes. It's something very meaningful that I never thought that I would actually enjoy.
0: And one of the things I know sort of in the prep for this, you talked about the impact of introducing yourself to professors and telling them your story. One of the things that I find all the time with our students is that they, they sit in the back of the room, they come late, they leave early they don't talk to faculty. Can you talk about your relationship with faculty and how that either changed or became better or whatever once you took the time to meet them and introduce them to you?
1: Yeah. Honestly, it just, it not only, I think, lifted a weight off of my shoulder because it's something that I very much valued at my community college. Um, I worked at my community college, so I got to know people, not just professors that I had, but I got to know other faculty and staff members through that. So I think, being able to do that here, it was definitely nerve wracking and different because I was like, okay, you know, some professors are just, some professors might feel a little weirded out or intimidated by, a student just coming in and be like, here's my story. There you go. But I'm really glad I did it. One of the ones that really sticks out in my mind very clearly was Colleen seeing that I had Catherine Hobson for intercultural communications and telling me, Go introduce yourself to her, especially. She will be a great support system for you. And so I went thinking, okay, you know, I this class is over 100 people. Like, there's no way that, like, she's going to, like, remember who I am after this meeting. There's just no way. And I went to her office hours. We talked. I don't like crying in front of people. I should preface with that. And I cried in her office. And we joke now. Um. Two and a half, three years later, that her office is actually my favorite place to cry on campus because day one of meeting her, I cry in her office. And to this day, she has been one of the main people who has been of support for me during just my whole time at JMU, not just as a faculty member or former professor, but also as a friend. And there was one history professor that I also introduced myself to. And and I will forever be grateful for conversations that he and I have had later on where. Um, I got to see him for the first time since COVID in fall 2021. And I remember him asking me, he's like, hey, you know, after you told me about your situation being a transfer student, what are things that faculty and staff have done that have helped ease your transition? Because after hearing your story, I want to learn how to be a better advocate for transfer students. And to be asked that, knowing that there would be other students like me in those positions really just meant so much to me because it felt like, oh, like my story does matter. I can make a difference by being a transfer student just by telling somebody, hey, I'm a transfer student because faculty and staff, when they look out, they know they're transfer students in the mix, but it takes the student being the one to actually tell them that because not everybody's going to want to talk about their transition. Not everybody's going to want to talk about it because for their own reasons. But to have people that want to know how they can be of best support is something that I don't think people really kind of realize that we have a different trajectory than people who started here initially at JMU.
0: It's such a great lesson because so few students ever take the time to meet them and know these are people sitting in their offices hoping we will stop by. So, Jordan, let's come to the, the final sort of Jordan's advice for those that come behind her. The people that are coming behind you or you know, can learn from what you've experienced, learn from your struggles, learn from your successes. If you had to sort of wrap up your time at JMU in two, three, four, or five, whatever it is, words of wisdom, nuggets, pearls, whatever you want to call them, uh, why don't you hit us with those? I think just know
1: that your journey is your journey alone and no one person's journey looks exactly the same and that is okay for me I got very caught up in trying to compare myself to the academic standard because when I came in academically I was a junior I hadn't been admitted to the college of education hadn't even passed certain exams to get into the college of education yet so for me it was very very easy to just get wrapped up in comparing myself to that but learning to just know that it would all happen in its own way and that's okay. And it's hard in that moment because you want to do what other people are doing. You feel like that's the normal thing, but at the end of the day, there is no normal. It's like, I, I tell people all the time, I hate the term traditional college student, because if you think about it, I'm 24, I'm going to be 25. Technically I'm not a traditional college student when you think about it, but you know what? I don't pay with that because why would I want to be traditional when I am far from the traditional person?
0: So Jordan, when I think about your next step, I want to sort of end by you sharing, where is Jordan going from here? And how do you think that um, your time here, Jamie, set you up for that success and that next stage in your future?
1: Uh, Well, this time next year, I will be student teaching, which is kind of surreal to think that that will be my last semester at JMU um, next next spring. But I hope that I'm somewhere teaching and I'm content and happy where I am. And my JMU process has just really prepared me to know that everybody's going to have a different circumstance. It's going to have a different story. And to know that I can be that voice and example to my students as well by showing them that, hey, you don't have to go straight into college after high school. You can do the community college route. There are many other routes to take. I feel very fortunate because I think it's something that I hold quite a bit of pride in myself, knowing that I have no shame in talking about that. I think, you know, it, for a while, yes, there might have been some fame behind it, but I think that was because... I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to share that. But I also know too that not everybody's going to hear it. And, but if they can find one thing that they can hold on to, then that's what matters.
0: Great. Well, Jordan, I appreciate you making the time. I'm excited about having been a small part of your journey and watch you go through uh, the JMU, the JMU roads, and all the different twists and turns. I want to thank you for being here. Thank everyone for hearing your story and Uh, We'll be back soon with the next Rebound podcast. So, Jordan, thanks again, and we will talk to you soon. Rebound. Rebound. Rebound.